Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. I'm delighted to be joined by Paco Pollitt for our match day eight preview. But first, we have to touch on the biggest story of the week, and that is it is finally over for Julian Lopetegui. After a torturous few weeks, he and Sevilla eventually parted ways on Wednesday night after their 4 1 defeat in the Champions League against Borussia Dortmund. The result didn't seem to matter that much, it was all about Lopetegui's last match in charge. It was an emotional ending. But to remind ourselves of how it got to this point, here's a look back at how we at La Liga Lowdown lived through the slow end of Lopetegui's reign. After a summer of doubts and delays in the transfer market, not many knew how severe would shape up. Sam Leverage had a pretty good idea though, predicting this in our preview podcast. I think they'll be lucky to get Europa League at best and Ooh. I don't think Julian Lopetegui is going to see out the season. Then, after defeat to Osasuna on opening night, Rory Barlow shared his doubts. This Sevilla side, it was meant to be a refresh of Lopetegui's project and it looked more or less the same as it did at the end of last season, which has been the worst part of Lopetegui's project. A disappointing draw at home to newly promoted Real Valladolid followed before an Andalus derby in Almeria. Sevilla were ahead, but they could not hold on for victory. The away fans were incensed with what they were seeing, and Monchi had to speak to them after the game, which seemed to win them over. Rory, Gregor Chappell and myself analysed Sevilla's worst start in four decades. Sevilla, I mean, one point from nine, it's their worst start for 41 years in the top flight. There's a lot of burning debris coming out of this defeat, I have to say, Matt. I mean, Yulen Opetegi came out after this match and accused his players of playing with a glass jaw in the second half, which is quite a strong statement to make about your own squad. He said that they lacked the mentality. Yulin Lopetegui doesn't seem to have too many answers. We're seeing a similar Sofia to the one we saw last season. It's clear that things are kind of broken and perhaps beyond repair. And I think he'll probably be gone by the World Cup either way. It's been a nightmare.
nightmare start to be honest. Um, from what I can see, patience is starting to wear thin um, with a lot of supporters really. In um, Lopetegui's defence, I'd say obviously losing Jules Koundé and Diego Carlos, one of the best centre-half partnerships in Europe is always going to affect any side. Um, they haven't really been, in my opinion, adequately replaced. We saw the video from Monchi um, after the, the Almeria game, trying to urge the fans to get behind the team. And, you know, you can see the fans buying into that because he's such an iconic figure at the club and he's been there for so long. And Again, though, after such a long time, teams have probably figured out Lopetegui a little bit. And I'm not calling for his head, but perhaps a little kind of refresh might benefit the team. The transfer window closed without sufficient reinforcements and then Barcelona came to town. Tom Harris discussed the growing discontent. As for Sevilla though, my word, they must be feeling sick to see Jules Koundé first of all leave and then not play for the first two weeks. Then he comes back to the Sancho Pizjuan and gets two assists in the game. I mean... Like I say, it's really looking a bit ugly now. I mean, and the city was was booed off and kind of sarcastically applauded the crowd as he went off as they were as they were jeering him. Um, you know, Nianzu as well, the the new centre back they've signed, you know, looks like a good player, but he's not been allowed any time to settle at all. You know, still no sight of Marcao as well, the centre back who was meant to come in to replace Diego Carlos. And then Erling Haaland and Manchester City up next. It's really looking quite bleak. Bleak it was. Erling Haaland scored two, City scored four, and the crowd were furious once more. Ex-president Del Nido was filmed calling for current president Pepe Castro to be removed. <laughs> then followed a slight upturn in fortunes with a hard-fought win over Espanyol and a draw against Villarreal. Julen had made it to the international break intact, just about. After the pause, Atleti came to Seville and won comfortably. By this point, it was clear that Lopetegui was not going to be able to turn things around. Here's what Tom Harris had to say about this defeat. Um, yeah, it, it's bad squad planning. I do feel sorry for Lopetegui, but at the same time, you know, I just don't get the best vibe at the moment that he is really connecting with the players and really helping to get them through this. By this stage, fans were also turning on the board as rumours of Lopetegui's imminent sacking circled. Jorge Sampaoli was the chosen man to come in and replace him, but they had another game just around the corner. So Julian knows he's sentenced, but he must fulfill his responsibilities. This leads to a surreal press conference, but Lopetegui maintains his dignity, choosing not to reveal his true feelings. Por respeto a mi principal responsabilidad, eh, no voy a emitir un, mi opinión al respecto de lo que ha sucedido estos últimos meses. Prefiero eh, guardármelo dentro de la responsabilidad que tengo como entrenador de, de un gran club como es el Sevilla. And so we reach the end. After three full seasons, a pandemic era Europa League title, three consecutive top four finishes, title challenges for large parts, the Lopetegui era is over. At the end of the game, the fans at the Ramon Sanchez Pituan gave him a moving send-off to close the chapter. Welcome Paco, lovely to have you on board once again. 
what, what's your take on the situation at Sevilla with Julian Lopetegui leaving and Jorge Sampaoli arriving on Thursday? It was a, a dramatic few days. What's your assessment of the situation? Yeah, it's been an, an absolute mess, right? Um, I, I think that we have been so used to Sevilla doing things right in the last uh, few seasons that whenever they get themselves into a mess, uh, at least a mess as, as visible at, and, as, and as public as this one, we are not, you know, um, fully comprehending just how... Uh, bad the thing the whole thing has has gone down i think that the way lopetegui has been sacked has been everything but uh ceremonious okay so i i think it was it wasn't really the the manager's fault in 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 this case because uh this summer has been uh at least in the transfer market and in the signings area not the best for for sevilla i believe that monchi has quite a bit of responsibility over there and Lopetegui just tried to rebuild the, the squad from the back uh, after losing two of of his biggest players, as, as Diego Carlos as, and, and Jules Conde. So uh, it was going to be very tough for the manager regardless. And, and it has already been proven that uh, the, the reinforcements of, or the players uh, brought in to, to replace the ones who left weren't at the same level. So overall, I think it's a pity that Lopetegui uh, has left Sevilla in in such a way. I think he he deserved better, but at the same time, um, I'm hundred uh, percent positive that Sevilla had arrived to a point where they absolutely needed the change because they they saw from the inside uh, and they had the you know the, the reports and the and the and especially the the sensations, the feelings that things weren't going to turn around. And, and that's why, ultimately, Monchi was the one to, you know, in that incredible scene uh, after the game ending in, in, in Ramon Sanchez-Fijuana and Lopetegui trying to go into the locker room and suddenly Monchi going in, uh, you know, snatching him from, from the, almost from the neck, from, from, the, from the shoulders and, you know, turning him back and just going to the pitch once again and, and, and clap to the fan base because the fans were waiting at the stands to to uh, delivering a farewell to him. Overall, it has been an absolute mess. And obviously, the situation doesn't make uh, nobody, uh, none of the of the actors involved uh, to look good. I think the whole club has been damaged, at least in an image sense, public image. Also, the president, Pepe Castro, obviously, Monchi, and uh, ultimately, the, the manager who has gotten the, the sack after a, a very strong three-year run as, as uh, Julian Lopetegui has been at, at Sevilla. Indeed. A uh, historic time in many ways with that Europa League, as we say, and, and three consecutive top four finishes, which will be very hard to match, I'm sure. Speaking of uh, trying to match it then, Jorge Sampaoli is back. He was there in 2016-17. He will return and he will face a baptism of fire in his first match with Athletic Club coming to town on Saturday. Ernesto Valverde's free-scoring athletic. I know you're a big fan of his. How big a test is this for Sampaoli in his, his very first match back? Possibly one of the biggest, because uh, Athletic Club are one of the most informed squads of the of the whole competition. Um, if you look player by player, possibly Sampaoli has done already his homework and, and realised that this team doesn't really depend on having the best 
uh, lineup or the best squad of the of the league, but possibly the best one at this point in form. If you look at the at the players scoring, uh, Nico Williams, um, his brother obviously Iñaki Williams. You have Berenguer. You have you have so so Muniain, Obviously, you have so many players capable of of unbalancing a, a very tight game. That uh, especially if you look at the uh, efficiency they have shown in the last few games in front and also the strength that they have shown at the back with Unai Simon obviously uh, reinforced by that qualifying into the into the um, next into next year final four in the Nations League overall these players have the confidence and that's why Ernesto Valverde is taking advantage of it and that's why uh, possibly if Sevilla had to pick I don't know 10 potential uh, teams to face after such an ordeal and, and such a, a fallout as the one suffered this week, obviously Athletic Club wouldn't be one of those 10 because they are they are very confident at this point. So yeah, definitely one of the biggest challenges that, um, that San Paoli would face as a new manager for any team and obviously for Sevilla. Yes, if Athletic win at the Ramos Centro Pituan, they could go joint top level 19 with Barca and Real Madrid before those two play at the weekend. Well, the match day kicks off at El Sadar on Friday night, and it's your team, Paco Valencia, who travel there. Uh, Osasuna, fresh from that point at the Santiago Bernabeu. Valencia, fresh from the point at the very last minute against Espanyol. How do you see this one going? It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Osasuna, they surprisingly lost their last home game to Etafe. Um, and of course, Valencia still yet to win away from home this season. Yeah, and Osasuna's defeat was uh, one of those consequences of not really being a top six, top seven squad because uh, their form was great, their their dynamic playstyle was was great. I think that Osasuna have been uh, overachieving for for most of this uh, initial run of games in in La Liga. But that's the, that's the main difference with other squads when you have a dip in form, you are able to you know get some players off the bench and 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 keep the level. Uh, to a consistent one and that's why um, eventually teams such as Betis or Villarreal or obviously the big three Atletico, Real Madrid and, and Barca uh, will will win a string of games and, and will keep a, a run of games uh, unbeaten because they are able to you know keep things fresh whereas for Asasuna they are very reliant on the starting lineup whenever they have one or two absences uh, they, they severely notices obviously and, and and it's a problem for them whereas for Valencia um, they have been struggling away from home uh, at Mestalla when playing at home they have been very consistent with three wins only one defeat against Atletico in a game where they deserve much more but away from home obviously I, I have seen and, and analyzed and scrutinized all of their games um, they have been lacking in many areas and they are facing this game with the absence of possibly Samu Castillejo who has been suffering some back problems for the last few days and he you know, he was limping for a bit in, in that game against Espanyol last weekend so uh, that's why he, he will possibly miss this one uh, I believe Junus Musa is going to be back so more options for Gerano Gattuso in the midfield um, and possibly the, the players to be sacrificed over there would be uh, Elites Moriba, who didn't do really well in, in the last couple of games, and possibly Junius will be uh, again once a starter. Um, the obvious comments about Valencia, their strength relying on, on that more aggressive, more offensive playstyle uh, on the midfield, on the attacking front. Let's see if Edinson Cavani can score his first goal. And at the back, you know, all of the chips in the deck 
for another mm, super performance by Georgi Marmardasvili, who is on his way to becoming one of the top three, top four um, goalkeepers of the of the league. So yeah, very different play styles. Uh, two very interesting coach, uh, coaches, Jagoba Rasate and, and Gennaro Gattuso. And overall, I believe one of the best ways to to kickstart this this match the 18 in La Liga. Yeah, it's going to be a thrilling night on Friday, I'm sure. Make sure you tune into that one. On to Saturday then, and we've got two of the newly promoted sides against two sides from Madrid. We've got Almeria against Rayo, and then we've got Atleti against Girona. Um, some interesting things to say here. I mean, Almeria still no goals or points since Umar Sadiq left. Rayo, fairly comfortable in mid-table, I'd say. Uh, Atleti as well, looking to put the pressure on Betis, but of course they're under huge pressure in the Champions League after their defeat in Belgium. Uh, and Girona, as, as Tom said on last week's pod, they're so fun. Eight-goal thriller last weekend. Mm. You just never quite know what Girona's going to turn up. And, of course, they've got a good record against Atleti. They've played six times. They've only lost once. Uh, and they knocked them out of the Coppa at the Metropolitano by drawing 3-3 back in 2019. So that, both of these games could be pretty fun, no? Yeah, I think we can expect goals because, um, for example, in, in Almeria, Rayo, uh, as you said, I think that uh, Umar Sadiq's departure for Real Sociedad had two big uh, losers. On one on one hand, obviously, Almeria, and on the other hand, obviously, Real Sociedad because he got injured uh, in the second game and, and he won't be able to play for, for his current team for quite a while. So, yeah, Almeria lost their main reference, the main, the main number nine, and, and suddenly they, they forgot how to uh, pick up points, and that has been a problem for for a team who actually expects to, to remain in, in the competition and, and not uh, drop to second division. Almeria will have to improve quite a lot if they, especially at the back, if they uh, expect to, to achieve it. Whereas for Rayo, as you said, it's a, a very unpredictable team capable of, of delivering the best performances and obviously also the worst. Um, when playing at home, quite consistent. Vallecas always has that kind of mystical nature to, to it where, where strange things happen eventually. The pressure of the fans, I don't know, a uh, very small ground. Uh, whereas for Almeria's uh, Estadio uh, Juegos Mediterráneo, I've been a couple of times over there at you know uh, the sidelines uh, back in the day, and and it's a large ground, you know, and, mm. and and very different to play the kind of atmosphere where I, whenever playing with with that kind of um, scenery with the with the race racing track surrounding it, the the athletic uh, track, it's not the same. Okay, so um, I, I think it's going to be a fun one because ultimately it's very early for Rayo Vallecano to be really thinking about something more in their competition if you check out the the standings they are with as you said 10 points mid-table as we say here ni frío ni calor you are facing like the uh, in middle middle ground you know with without no real pressure whereas for obviously Almería after four defeats in a row they definitely start uh, picking up points, not for them, but possibly because of the for the manager. Because mm. at this point, we have seen already what happens with teams who are stringing uh, defeats, like Elche, for example. We will talk about them later. But yep. uh, I don't know. Almeria's manager could face himself uh, this sort of situation if if things don't don't suddenly change and turn around and they start winning games. Whereas for Atletico Girona, I think it's going to be an interesting one because of the of the aftermath of such a big defeat in the Champions League. Because Atletico didn't expect that kind of, I wouldn't call it thrashing, 
but uh, falling to a 2-0 scoreline, even though they didn't play that bad, uh, it's always, you know, uh, a kick in the whatever you want to add over <laughs> there. You know, it's always it's always a, a kick in the mouth because because they really expected to be able to uh, pick some points uh, on the road, even win the game. And they suddenly, mm. they have cornered themselves into this kind of pressure, high-pressure situation when they need to get out something positive in the three remaining games in the Champions League phase. So, uh, in the Champions League group phase. So, um, obviously, with their fans in front of them, things are going to be a bit different. As you said, Girona are very unpredictable. They have been capable of delivering very uh, uh, disappointing performances. I always remember that opening game in Mestalla because I, I was able to watch it like entirely and it was very bad. But they have been able to turn things around for a bit and they are looking better. Some of their players are in a in a much better level. I don't know. I think that the, the, the pieces have been able to fall into place. And that's why they are, you know, a bit better in that in that sense, out of the relegation spots. But again, only three points above the the drop, um, and with two defeats on a consecutive level, which you know gets some of their fans to expect them to get something positive out of this uh, on the road game. Yeah, the pressure always starts to build, doesn't it? When a couple of managers get sacked, you never know. You don't want to be the third, and of course, Ruby could potentially be that one. Uh, another one on that game, uh, Oscar Trejo has just renewed his contract with Rayo Vallecano, yep. so fans of Vallecas can continue to see the Argentine magician weaving his magic. Uh, the final game on Saturday is the defending champions. It's mm -hmm. Real Madrid at the Coliseum Alfonso Pérez to take on Hetafe. Real Madrid will want to get back to winning ways in the league at least after their stumble last weekend. Uh, and of course, Hetafe won this fixture last season. So do you think Hetafe can do it again or will Real Madrid be... Uh, putting the pressure back on Barca. You see, Getafe have, been, have me and, and many of their own fans very confused. Uh, after, you know, consistent thrashings at the beginning of the of the season against, uh, I remember against Atletico Madrid at home, even though they had many interesting signings in, in the last few days of the, of the summer transfer market. Later, they lost against Girona away from home. They were unable to pick a point and suddenly along came the I believe match day uh, five or yeah I believe the fifth game and they beat Real Sociedad later yeah. they beat on the road Osasuna which was something who nobody had uh, achieved and suddenly at home they lost last week against <laughs> Valladolid with an amazing yeah. game by the way that 2-3 scoreline which was one of the most uh, fun games of the of the weekend and that's why I think they are very you know unreliable if if there's any one of the of the betting fans uh, hearing us I, I think that it's one of the most dangerous sites to to take a peek in any in any match day because you never know what they are going to bring to the table and obviously playing at home against Real Madrid remember that last season under Kike they were able to beat Real Madrid I remember 1-0 um with a single NSUNAL goal goal I yeah. I think um, and they were able to hold their ground against the uh, the team which would eventually become the champion. So, yeah, Getafe have their, their chances because they always take advantage of that home uh, ground advantage. Whereas for Real Madrid, they are already on that level of, uh, I would say, cruise control um, uh, status. And they will be at least till they face, you know, the heavyweights, the... Barca once again in a few days. I believe it's match day nine, the 
the the moment where the two titans will clash and obviously next some week. yeah next week and and obviously the the remaining games in the in the champions league even though they have nine out of nine so they shouldn't have any kind of problem moving on to the next round but uh, in La Liga, they have been able to, uh, you know, just press on the cruise control button and, and be able to pull off wins, even when they didn't deserve them. So it's true that uh, if you look at the at the stumbles and the, you know, and the and the games being played last week uh, against Osasuna, they actually didn't deserve the win. And and for once, you know, they suffered the 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 fate than many other. Other times, you know, football was able to get them out of a, of a top spot, but not in this one. Even though Osasuna were, you know, one man down, they were able to hold their ground, and that's why the their the draw was very well deserved. But I don't think Real Madrid are going to change many many things of their of their play style or even if, or, or of their plan of their of their um, roadmap towards the you know the World Cup break. I think they are going to keep rotating some of the players, trying to get, you know, Benzema to be informed once again as soon as possible because obviously the they have been missing. Even though they have been scoring quite a lot, it's not the same having Benzema in front. Um, obviously, they have Courtois to keep them afloat whenever they have any kind of mishap at the back. And I'm very impressed with the season so far of Chouameni in, in the midfield. You know, after only a couple of games, you could see some of the of the potential greatness he he was having with the absence of Casemiro and you know very big shoes to fill but if you see him both in the Champions League games and in the in the Liga games he has grown into the role beautifully quickly and very impressively so even though the cost of the player was was very high back in the day uh, there was some criticism towards that I think Chouameni has has proven to anyone, to the doubters and to the the ones who had lots of faith in him, that that he's a worthy player and he might be the starter defensive midfielder for Real Madrid for the next possibly ten years. Yeah, it's quite a, a frightening thought for their competitors for sure. Thanks, Paco. That's all we've got time for for part one, but stick with us because in the second half of the show we'll be looking ahead to Sunday's fixtures and the match on Monday night featuring Elche, who have just also sacked their manager, Francisco. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. I'm here with Paco Pollitt to preview match day eight in La Liga Santander. Let's turn our attention now to Sunday's matches and we start at Real Valladolid who take on Real Betis uh, in the early game. Betis, of course, face their trip to Rome on Thursday evening. Uh, we're recording this before that, so we're not quite sure how they get on there, but that's obviously a partidazo in the Europa League. Uh, quite a tough looking fixture on paper for Butella. But then, of course, as you said, they had that 3-2 win over Hetafe, so the goals have finally started to arrive. Could this be a bit of a trap game for Betis, do you think? Possibly so, because uh, they were able to to beat... Um, they were able to beat uh, Getafe, as we said earlier, uh, even though they found themselves in, in a tight spot uh, after that defeat against Cadiz. You might remember a few weeks ago, uh, with that Negredo late goal in the 93rd minute, I believe. They lost against Osasuna too. Uh, it's been a while, you know. They have been able to pick up a win uh, per month, you could say, against Almeria at the beginning of, of September, against Getafe at the beginning of October. Uh, let's see if it doesn't take that much to, to get the second one this month. But again, Betis, they have that kind of squad with depth and the quality needed where uh, Pellegrini will be able to rotate quite a lot in the in the Europa League and the team won't uh, you know won't really notice it in the in the week and I think that the Betis are the clear favorites because of the runoff of games they have lately even though last week you know they stumbled against Celta because you can't be 100% of your potential always only the top 3 uh, squads in the competition are able to do that but yeah you have the occasional stumble but you know the confidence of, of Betis this season is skyrocketing so I expect uh, Bor- uh, Borja Iglesias and his teammates to, to be able to get the job done. Interesting yeah well you mentioned Cadiz there and they take on Espanyol at the Nuevo Mirandia they've coming off the back of as you say that that 1-0 win and then a clean sheet against Villarreal so potentially a corner turn there for Sergio of course he used to play for Espanyol back when he was a player. And Espanyol, they're, they're really struggling to get over the line in games. They were level at the Bern- uh, level against Real Madrid and then lost. They were level against La Real for a while and lost. They were ahead against Valencia last weekend and then drew with that last-minute uh, howler from Alvaro Fernandez. And, uh, of course, they, they tried to come back against Sevilla but couldn't do it. Um, what, what's not clicking there? And, and do you think Alvaro Fernandez will be able to keep his spot after that glaring error last week? Yeah, you said a howler. Uh, it's the... <laughs> I, I liked a lot the the term the blooper. No, it was yeah. like the one of the. Yeah, I don't know. He was what, what he was thinking. Uh, obviously, he was he believed that the that the the lobbed ball was was going out of the of the sticks, and and he he got confident, and that's why you know ultimately Valencia were able to pick up a point. But uh, you could compare Espanol to that kind of WWE fighter uh, or wrestler who is able to deliver the the best performance and. He doesn't have that kind of signature closing move and he's able to 
close, actually close the games whenever he has the advantage. And, you know, suddenly there's a reversal and the opposition is able to, you know, uh, pin him into the ground, get the tap out, you know, one, two, three, and, and the... And the uh, and the fight is done, and that what is happening to to poor Espanol. They are doing many things right. I think they they actually deserve the win against Valencia last week. But always there's always a slip up, and um, ultimately that is costing them many things because I think Diego Martinez is finding uh, himself in a in a place where he wasn't uh, really when he was back in in Granada. Because Granada had actually very strong scorers and strikers. Uh, remember Roberto Soldado, um, also um, Molina, Jorge Molina, time. Jorge Molina. Obviously, he had that kind of veteran attitude, uh, you know, craftsmanship. He, he he had that kind of player who was able to read how the game was developing and if you know how to stop it suddenly and you know go to the floor complain about uh you know an injury whatever lose some time i don't know they were able to mold the game into their interests whereas for espanol they are very very um naive i guess uh, rookie like in mm. some of their in some of their uh actions and and for example alvaro fernandez uh, mistake last last week one of the was one of the examples. Losing that uh, hard four points against uh, Real Madrid was another example against Real Sociedad once again. So they get things done 99%, but you know, this is La Liga. You need to do it through and through 100% of the time. And that's the main issue f uh, with Espanol. Whereas for the 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 opposition, I think that Cadiz, uh, even though they have been able to get something positive out of the last two games, they are still in danger. They are still in the drop zone and uh, they will need much much more consistency in their in their play style if they are uh, expecting to to things finally make a change obviously Sergio might not be in the same level of pressure as two weeks ago but they are far from being uh relaxed and in a in a comfortable spot so uh, two teams in danger two teams struggling and that's when the drama appears obviously mm. Matt. that's when the the you know any mistake in the last 15 minutes comes into into play when any you know any player gets suddenly too excited and we can have a couple of of reds here and there so yeah this one uh, will have the possibly the high point of the drama in in this in this uh, 10 game run this this weekend let's get ready to rumble hey <laughs> Def definitely definitely well, from uh, from potential wrestling to potential artwork, we've got Real Sociedad taking on Villarreal, two very attractive teams to watch. Uh, is this your game of the weekend? Possibly so. If you uh, like the 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 you know offensive playstyle, attractive playstyle in the last few weeks, I think that Real Sociedad have been learning and coping. You know how to live without their. Uh, starting number nine, which was going to be this season, Umar Sadiq, and and suddenly that injury, you know, has uh, disjointed a bit the the game plan which uh, uh, their manager um, was going to have in place. But at the same time, we have Villarreal, who are uh, you know looking into their European um, um, appointments every single um, midweek, in the same uh, way as as also Real Sociedad are doing so. And, and that's why I think it might be a bit uh, diluted in a sense because both of them are going to try to be 
uh, heavy contenders for their own European competitions. In Real Sociedad's case, obviously, the Europa League, and in uh, Villarreal's case, the Conference League. And that is going to make them rotate quite a bit. And that's why the lineups possibly won't be as strong as, as expected. And uh, that's the only reason, because the rest of the arguments are all in favor of this one being possibly the, the game of the weekend. With Real Sociedad, if you check out the, the standings of both of both squads, they are more or less aiming into the na in, into the same into the same spots. You have Real Sociedad thirteen points, uh, Villarreal only one behind with with twelve. You know, creeping into those European positions, trying to snatch Osasuna out of theirs. Uh, also, Athletic Club being over there one of the uh, targets for Real Sociedad, who have been consistently in the last few years being the best Basque side and they want to keep that kind of you know title close to their close to their best or under their belt so so yeah it's it's going to be interesting I, I think that if injuries are able to respect both squads in the midweek games we might have one of the most if interesting if not the best game of the of the weekend yeah I think for me it'd be interesting to see how Take Kubo does because it's one of his former clubs and already it looks like Imanol is getting far more out of him than Unai Emery did, uh, and Villarreal winless in three in the league, so the pressure is going to be on him if they don't win this one, to, mm. to, to see that familiar tale of him not being able to get it done in the league compared to the domestic, uh, European competitions. Um, anyway, we'll see that one, it's certainly one to watch on Sunday evening. The Sunday night game is at Cannes now, it's Barca against Celta. No room for error really for Xavi's side, they've got uh, Inter Milan at home in the Champions League before El Clasico next weekend. Um, Celta quite Jekyll and Hyde because I mean they've had three wins keeping a clean sheet in all of those but then their three defeats they've conceded 11 so it really is a case of you know which side is, is going to turn up Yago Aspas likes a goal against Barca is he going to score again here? Well you, if you have to pick a, a candidate you have to go with with Yago Aspas if you if you see the the uh, the run of of uh, performances this this season uh, at least till Lewandowski came around and, and snatched that uh, first spot. He was, Aspas was the top scorer for the competition in the first three, four games. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting, especially as Celta have struggled quite a lot uh, on the road. Uh, at home, they have been pretty consistent with wins over Cadiz, over uh, Betis, especially last week. But uh, on the road, I, I think the only positive one was the... The game against Girona back in in August at the end of August with that uh, one nil win on the road again Aspas goal you know traditional stuff but uh, they always provide um, top teams Real Madrid Barca Atletico with with some sense of trouble and uh, uh, I'm very interested on the way Barca are going to react after their their defeat against Inter. Uh, not because of the whole, you know, uh, referee ordeal and uh, all of the controversy with the VAR and the, and the handball inside the box. I think that mm, they will be thinking in the following weeks more about the Champions League and less about the league. Whereas for uh, two and a half years, I believe, they weren't top of, the, of La Liga. Mm. And that has been quite a while. So yeah. I also expect some of Barca fans, most of Barca fans, to uh, demand some that kind of pressure to keep the position at, and, and keep uh, top of the league because it has been 
so difficult to be back there. Uh, it it required a, a, a rush of, of five consecutive wins for Barca to to finally be able to wait for a Real Madrid stumble last weekend and 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 become top of the of the league. Obviously, Lewandowski will be in his in his prime once again, even though he didn't score against uh, Inter. Uh, let's see how the rest of the of the team responds, and especially let's see. Once again, at the back with Gerard Piqué and, and I believe Eric Garcia will be the ones starting. You know, at the end of the day, uh, even though Piqué wasn't going to really play that much this season with all of the signings, injuries have made, uh, you know, fate to have some kind of irony towards Xavi and towards some of Barca's board. So we will see once again, I believe, Gerard Piqué at the back against one of the most uh, unpredictable um uh, frontmans and uh, number nines in the league as, as Diago Aspas. Uh, they should provide some trouble, but yeah, Barca should get the job done because if not, we could definitely speak openly about a crisis in, in Camp Barca, which is whenever they are unable to win two games in a row. That's Indeed. the level of uh, demanding and pressure uh, whenever you are talking about Barca and Real Madrid. Indeed, constant scrutiny all the time, unrelenting pressure. On to Monday night then, and speaking of crisis, it's Elche, who have sacked, sacked Francisco. Um, lots of rumours about the new coach. They haven't appointed one as yet. They're taking on Mallorca on Monday, who have been pretty impressive recently. Um, first of all, what's your take on, on the search for a new coach? There's many names mentioned, the likes of Pepe Bordalas, a couple of Argentinians in the next two. Uh, who do you think they'll appoint, and will he be arrived in time for this game? Yeah, you said Rocco, one of the, one of the candidates. Uh, Pepe Bordalas, who was back in the day an Elche manager, and he had one of the most successful runs for the for the club. Is also in the in the mix. Also, Paco Lopez, uh, mm. Levante's uh, former manager, uh, was one of the rumored names in the last few days. I, I don't really know uh, which road they are going to follow uh, and which which path they are going to follow with the appointment of the new manager, but. You know, knowing how Elche operates, I think that the Argentinians will eventually have the the upper hand or at least more chances because uh, Bragarnik, who is the the owner, more or less the owner of the of the club, always favors that kind of. You might remember Almirón a couple of seasons ago and Jorge Almirón. I don't know. It was it. It's that kind of of team where and club where the the ownership really steers the vote in the in the road that they really want to travel. And that's why, you know, certified uh, Spanish managers, like, as you said, you know, Bordalas or Paco Lopez or whoever, uh, they have less chances than than the Argentinian ones. But, you know, we, we will eventually see. I think that uh, obviously they needed a, a change because the run of games was disastrous in the last few weeks. Uh, and you can see the, the standings only one point out, out of the out of the first 21 that is absolutely awful for them you you can you can't really defend this kind of performance under francisco which is a pity but but yeah this season uh, you know christmas got here early for for poor francisco with his sacking um main advantage for them that they are going to play at home i believe that martinez valero will be a rowdy place because they definitely need on monday night to uh, get out something positive. If not, they might be with foot and a half, as we say, pie y medio, mm. uh, in second division before Christmas. And, and that would be a situation which would really drag things on with the fan base and 
You know, Elche are not in the best spot because you might remember last season was also a very disappointing one. Always saving the neck uh, in a nick of time in the last few uh, games, which is, you know, at the end of the day, an, an agony for, for any Elche fan. So that's why they need to turn things around as, as soon as possible. And that's why Mallorca isn't really the best team to to get out something positive in the in in this game even though they are mid table uh, and I think that I have repeated myself in in this in this point a few times already this season I think they are performing much better than the number of points that you see in their in their yeah. scorecard only 8 points and mid table for Mallorca is amazing they they should have more because the, their play style and their merits and their you know the their scoring ability their their ambition has been uh, much larger than the actual number of points that they have. So I don't know what uh, the the Aguirre side will be able to uh, get positive or not in their in their game at uh, Martinez Valero. But but yeah, this is once again the second spot this this weekend where drama might appear if Elche, you know, suddenly the game starts with a, a caretaker manager for the next few days and suddenly they allow a goal in or two goals in in the first 15, 20, half an hour. <laughs> that might be real drama and real pressure for Elche's ownership. So uh, I don't know. I think that they might be expecting players to step up to to the plate and perform much better than they that have been doing in the last month. Yeah, it would be a real shame to see Elche go down in their centenary season, of course, too. Uh, well, Thank you very much, Paco, for your thoughts and insight there. Fantastic weekend ahead, as always, in La Liga. Uh, you can check out our Substack, uh, laligalodown.substack.com, for plenty of articles on the likes of Francisco sacking, Lopetegui, San Paoli, all the Champions League reaction to. That's where you need to go. Follow us at La Liga Lodown on Twitter as well, and follow Paco too, if you don't already. I'm sure you do, listener, because everybody loves Paco. Hmm. You should uh, do. So, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks again, Paco. Thank you for listening. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you again soon. Enjoy the weekend. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 